Um, for those checking in online, uh, really glad that you're taking a moment or, or half an hour or whatever it ends up being to just put God's word in, into your heart. Last week, we were just talking about being, you know, overwhelmed. Sometimes we're so busy in life that we get overwhelmed. And uh, we're looking at what Jesus did when he got overwhelmed, and we found that he didn't because he would take a break. He would take a time out, and uh, his desire for us is, is that we wouldn't be overwhelmed by life, but that we would be overwhelmed by his love. And if you ever feel overwhelmed, oh man, I would encourage you to listen to last week's online as well. Uh, it seemed to just connect with so, so many people, uh, and it's just something that God's doing in, in my life as well. And so that's online for you if you'd like to check that out. Uh, going to talk about something tonight that we talk about almost every September. I started looking back and seeing and seeing uh, just different messages from, from previous uh, years and realized this is something that I touch base on uh, pretty much every September. And so if you're like thinking back to remember, what, what might it be? Uh, it's the season where people are, it's back to school, uh, summer's over, we're kind of back to routines. We actually joke about it because we find out who still goes to Kingsway in September because we don't really have membership, so we don't know if people, you know, they, they go away over the summer and never come back. We, we don't find out till September. Uh, so really glad to see you guys here tonight. Uh, and so that's one of the things that, that we've realized. But routines as well, routines get, are great, but sometimes we can get into routines that we, we just don't realize um, why we're doing what we're doing. I don't know if you ever have that. Uh, I had it the other. I had it the other day. I was driving home. I think from here or from a meeting, and I was driving home, and I turned on the road to Townsend, which is fine if I lived there. Uh, but I don't live there anymore, and so I'm just so used to taking that trip for eight years that I turned that way. And the other night, I was out with Beth, and we were going to go heading home from the one way, and I turned. And I was like. So we don't live this way anymore. I had to do a U-turn and go and go the other way. But it's it's those routines that that happen in our lives, and and it, it's really easy that for them to just um, take uh, kind of take root in us. That we we plan those routines so that it's a regular part of our life. Saturday nights may be a routine for you, uh, something you've planned to make a regular part of your life, which is great, until it just becomes a routine. And that's something that um, we want to kind of talk about tonight. Um, that I just never want us to forget, and I'm tempted to as well, to forget what we're doing and why we're doing it. What are we doing here on Saturday nights, and why are we doing it? Anybody know what our vision statement is, mission statement is? Why do we get together? Yeah, we want to love God, love people, love life, but what are we doing? We're building something. There you go, building a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of. It's, it's, why, it's, it's why we get together every week, and you're like, well, I didn't know that. You know, that's not why I came. That's kind of the, the whole idea of why we do church the way we do church here, is we want to build a healthy, life-giving place. We don't want a church to be a life-sucking place that you come to every Saturday night, like, oh, I did my time, you know, oh, man, I hope I have enough energy to come back next week. That's not what we want, uh, and it's, it's this, this uh, thought that unchurched people would want to become a part of, not that they would want to attend here, that they would want to become a part of something that that we've experienced, and, and more than that, it's it's just a wording that... We want them to meet someone who we've met. We want them to have the chance to meet Jesus for themselves. And so when I think about that, our team gets together and we're going to ask ourselves, how are we doing? 
are we actually building a healthy, life-giving church that church people want to become a part of? How, how are we doing with that? It's easy to measure different things. Like we, can, we, measure, we measure ourselves, right? As you get older, you measure growth. It's vertical. Then you hit a certain stage and no more vertical. Then you start measuring horizontal. Uh, and right, you, the, how many belt loops or whatever. Um, we can measure that. But how do you measure healthy in a church? How do you know if a church is healthy? Sometimes we say, well, lots of people. Well, there was lots of people last week, so we were doing good. There's not as many. Are we getting unhealthier? Not, not sure. Maybe, but not, not sure. Two services. Does that mean we're a healthy church? We have, like, we have to do Saturday night because you guys really would not fit in the Sunday morning, nor would they fit here for that matter. Uh, and is, is, does that mean we're healthy? Not, not necessarily. It means we just have two services. Is it that we have lots of money? Maybe, but it depends if we're a business or if we're... Uh, trying to build a healthy, life-giving church, uh, it's not a good indicator. Um, if we have a building plan, and for some of you who've been asking, are we thinking of expanding? Uh, the answer is yes. Our team is looking into different possibilities of what a, what a building might look like for, for us. Uh, and as we think about that and as we pray about that, one thing we've realized as a team is that the, a building is not our purpose. That's not why our purpose is not to build a building. The only reason we're going to build a building is if we need it to accomplish our purpose. So you can just be, you know, set in that understanding that we're not going to just build something just, just because, but that as we fulfill our purpose in following Christ and building a healthy, life-giving church where unchurched people want to become a part of, well, that might require us to build a building. So start working overtime. We're going to need extra offerings. Just saying. All right. So that's not the message tonight, though. But tonight, you know, I was talking and thinking about the thought that Jesus, he didn't come to start a new religion, but he did come to start something. And so many people think that he came to start the religion of Christianity, but he, he didn't come to start a religion or a routine. He came to start something much, much more powerful. And we often look at Matthew 16, verse 18, but we're going to look at it again because I want, I want it to be something that you're reminded of all the time. It says this, Jesus said to Peter, they're having a conversation about people um, following other people and, and who the disciples thought Jesus was. And he said to Peter, Peter was like, you're the son of God. And he says, Peter, you're right. And he says in verse 18, I say to you, Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, he says, I will build my church. And the rock's not Peter, but that's a whole different thing. He says, I'm just telling you, I'm going to build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'm glad to be a part of that church. You know, the one where the, the powers of hell can't conquer this church. And when he says church, anybody know the Greek word for church yet? It's, uh, I don't know, we don't speak fluent Greek. It's ekklesia. It's this weird word, right? Ekklesia. It's this, the guys in the back were like, oh yeah, I knew it. I just want to shout it out, you know? Uh, ekklesia, it means gathering of people. Jesus is like, I'm going to build something. I'm just going to build a gathering of called out people. People that are called out. What does that mean? It's not a gathering of perfect people. Uh, any non-perfect people here tonight? Just a few. For those who don't raise your hands for anything, that was a bad time not to raise your hand. <laughs> Now everybody's looking, oh, we'll be watching them. But it's not a gathering of perfect people, which sometimes people think. It's not a gathering of well-dressed people. It's not a gathering of people who've got it all together, who've got their lives together, and, 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 they, and they get together. That's not the gathering. It's a gathering of people who've been called to follow Jesus, called out to follow Jesus, and who answered the call by saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. So tonight, you might be here, and that, there's, there is two different groups of people here tonight. There are people here who you come here on a weekly basis because that's what you do. And others, you know, you're here tonight because I've answered a call to follow Jesus. You know, I'm not here because my parents make me. I'm here because 
this is where I want to be. I want to follow him, and I want to be a part of the gathering of people who follow him. Uh, and so when Jesus says, that's what I'm going to build, gatherings of people who are following me, then he leaves the planet. He leaves the disciples in charge. He says, we got 12. That's a good gathering, but let's, let's gather more. And so you guys go make more disciples and build the church. He didn't really have a great branding scheme. He didn't have like a marketing plan where he's like, hey, let's, let's do like this pyramid scheme. Peter, if you can just get two people. Uh, and, it, and John, if you can just get two people, I'll make you a diamond member. You know, it's, it wasn't anything like that. It was just this thing of go, one command, just, just go love each other the way I love you. And anybody else that comes around, just love them too. That's it. Just go do that and teach others to do the same thing. And it was amazing because that just worked. It, was, it, just, it just worked. People, they went out and did just that. And Luke, Luke actually tells us what it looked like in Acts chapter 2. Uh, a couple of verses here. He says, verse 42 and verse 46. He says, all the believers, so all the people who answered the call said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. They would devote themselves. means that they committed themselves to something. And, and what was it? People who followed Jesus back then... Even though Jesus wasn't on the planet, they said, yeah, I want, to follow. I want to follow Jesus. I believe he was the son of God. I want to follow what he's taught. Here's what they, here's what they did. They committed themselves to teaching. So to the apostles who were teaching the word, they committed themselves to learning the word. It says they committed themselves to fellowship. And one of the reasons why they committed themselves to apostles teaching is because most of them didn't read. It was, you know, they, they couldn't read it for themselves. And so they would listen to teaching. But it's also they committed to fellowship, which was this, this knowing one another, that they were like, they, they were committed to, to being known and to knowing others. They shared in meals together, uh, including the Lord's Supper. It was like an actual supper. It wasn't just like a little shot glass and a tiny little piece of bread. It was this, this they would gather around tables and talk about uh, what Jesus had done for them and remember that together. And they commit themselves to prayer. This is what Jesus followers did. So if you look at that list, you're like, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus, part of the called out ones. How many of those things kind of are on, on your list? Yeah, I've, I've done that recently. I've, uh, I've listened to some teaching recently, or I've read, I've read the word for myself recently. Check. I've committed to fellowship. I've, I've been uh, um, honest and open with somebody else about where I am in my faith. And uh, I've, I've shared a meal. I've been around uh, in, a, in a, uh, other people's homes just because we share this common ground of following Christ. And I've prayed for someone or prayed with someone. How many of those things are on your list? Think, of, think about that as we um, carry on. It says this simple movement, that's all it was, of people who just did these things. That whole movement spread over the whole Roman Empire. So there would be people um, gathering together. Uh, it says actually in the other one, they gathered daily um, with, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They just, they just did this whenever and wherever. Uh, it wasn't this thing where you went to a building. It was just, let's get together and let's just be, be the church wherever we are. Um, these gatherings of people who answered the call to follow Jesus sprang up everywhere. People would leave Jerusalem and just go love people in different places. And, and all of a sudden, those people wanted to be a part of it. And so Paul, the Apostle Paul, he wrote letters. Uh, we have a bunch of them. He wrote them to encourage all of these groups of Jesus followers. Something like tonight. Something like tonight where they would gather together. And So he wrote one to the people of Rome. He wrote another one to Ephesus. He wrote a couple to Corinth. Some of them they lost. Uh, but we still have two of them. He wrote one to Galatia, another one to a place called Colossae. And he told them, hey, once you're done with it, send it around to others. But the people who got the letters 
They valued them so much that they copied them as carefully as they could so that they were exact replicas, and they, they kept one. And then they would send the other one out to another church, and they would, they would copy an exact replica, and they would send it around until there were thousands of these all over the place. And as more and more people read these letters and more and more people began following Jesus, more and more of these gatherings started happening all over the Roman Empire. And then something happened. Can you picture that? Just little gatherings of Jesus followers all over, uh, most of the time being moved because of the persecution. Then something happened. Rome's trying to eradicate all these Christians for years. And then that's not working. So for decades and for centuries, they're trying to wipe out this group of Jesus followers. And uh, they just, you know, they, they tried whatever they could, but they, they just wouldn't die. And when they did die... Their deaths were the things that made more people want to become followers of Jesus because of how they died. They would, they would have them fight in the gladiatorial arenas, and they would give their lives, and they, but they weren't scared to die. They, there was count, account of, uh, after account of people about to die praying for the person who's about to kill them. There was accounts of, of all of uh, many people who, who, after when the plague began to hit um, Rome and, and the people would leave these cities, the only people who would stay back to take care of the sick were these Jesus followers. And so their influence would uh, be, actually began to influence the most powerful person, the most powerful influencer in all of Rome. So 300 years later, Emperor Constantine was influenced by this group of Jesus followers. And for different reasons, he made Christianity the national religion of Rome. It's where we get the Holy Roman Catholic Church. It's where it started, was this, was this um, idea that this is the Roman religion. No more Jupiter, no more following, you know, the Greek gods of Zeus and others. Now it was this, we're going to follow Christ. But something happened at that point where the wheels just fell off this whole idea of what the church is. There was no more persecution all of a sudden. There was no more need to just band together and like, hey, you know what? They just burned Nellie's home. Nellie, come live with us. It's okay. We're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're good. Until all of a sudden they, the Romans were at their door saying, hey, we're taking your kids. And they're like, oh, you know, we, we band together and support one another and pray for one another. And, and uh, that all of a sudden stopped. And in, in its place, great buildings began to be erected all over the place where Say, if you're a Christian, you can come and gather here. And, and, and because it was no longer you know, frowned upon, all kinds of people would join these great um, gatherings and these great buildings. But something got lost. You know, people began to exalt themselves as, the, as the, the go-betweens between God and the people. And because the people couldn't read, they would just say, this is what God says. And, and they would say, hey, you need to come to the services. And if you, if you come to the services... Well, then you're good to go. As long as you sit in a row, you're good to go to heaven. They would use eternity as, as their weapon to control people like every other religion. And Jesus never came to start religion. But when you ask people about church in Canada, what do they think? What's the first things that come to their mind? Yeah, I kind of think of religion. You know, I think of the thought of let's go sit somewhere in a, in a row Let's watch somebody at the front. Let's listen and then go home. We, we, we did our time. We're not sure what that, what that meant. I remember even as a kid, like you didn't even have to teach kids. When the kids, I remember as a kid playing church. Uh, as a kid, when you play church, it's like get my little brothers to sit in rows, get the stuffies all in the rows, and then I'd be the preacher, right? Uh, you didn't have to teach kids. It's kind of how we set up. This is what, this is what church is when you play church. Uh, but I remember 10 years ago when we started Kingsway. For some of you, you, don't, you weren't here 10 years ago. 
Uh, some of you were, which is pretty, pretty uh, exciting. But 10 years ago when we started Kingsway, we had this vision in our heart that we wanted to redefine what people thought when they heard the word church. That if they would look at Kingsway, they'd say, ah, it's not like what I thought church would be like. It's why we posted these things up here. Why do we say we do fun in big letters? Because most people don't think church is fun. We do loud. Why? Because most people don't think loud when they hear church. We do mistakes. And we'll own that. Why? Because most people think, oh, the church is for people who are, who've got it together. There's this thought, we said we want it to be different. When people hear the word church and think words like boring, irrelevant, or I hate church, we wanted that to change, to be exciting, life-changing, and I love my church. Stories of people whose lives are changing or have been changed or in the process of changing. And you've heard a number of those stories here even over the last little bit, and you'll hear more of them as we keep going. Uh, a community of people who strive to love one another as they are loved. So what we're not trying to do is we're not trying to fill up rows. Even though we're excited that other people are joining us, we're not ex that, that's not what we're trying to do. Um, we don't think that's what Jesus had in mind when he started this thing called the church. He wasn't calling people out to come sit in rows. Rows aren't terrible, but we talked about this a couple of years ago, and I thought, you know what, I just want to share with you again. Rows aren't terrible. Just take a look for a minute at the people down your row. Some of you, you know, and you like those people. You're willing to sit in the seat right beside them. Some of you know the people but are not that close, and so you're, you've got a few seats in between you. Um, rows, are, rows are okay, but here's a few thoughts. And we made them rhyme, so hopefully you can take them home with you. You don't always grow in the row. You don't always grow in the row. Or if you do, you often just grow slow. As a Jesus follower... Uh, as your faith gr uh, growing in Christ, becoming passionate about the Lord, it just really doesn't happen very well like this. It doesn't, not, not on its own. Why? Because we don't have things like accountability. So like last week, who knows what we, we said. We, we, we told everybody last week the challenge was to take a... See, you don't even remember. Challenge. See, she wasn't here. You're, Tina, you pass, everyone else. Um, we said take a time out. Right? When you're overwhelmed, we're saying take a time out and be silent that you might hear the whisper of God. And that was a challenge, just to take one time this week where you would just intentionally say, yeah, I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to do any. I'm just going to find solitude and be silent. So now, I mean, I, we could say, hey, by show of hands tonight, how many of you, but don't, because I just don't. Uh, by, by show of hands tonight, how many of you went out and actually just said, yes, I took some time intentionally to be quiet before the Lord? And we'd say, oh, okay. And, and, and see, that, you didn't expect that that was going to happen tonight. And, and then it wasn't like we'd pass the mic around and say, okay, so as you were sitting listening to the Lord, what did he share with you? What did he tell you? Some of you would be like, I'm never coming back if they give me the mic and say, hey, what did God tell you this week? I'd be like, why? Just leave me in my row. But, but that's, not, that's not why we're here. You know, we want people to grow because that's what we want we want him to do. But the reason we don't do it is it just doesn't really work very well for 80 people or whatever the amount is to pass around and everybody share what God's been doing in their life. It just doesn't work. There's no chance for you to say, hey, question. Sorry, back it up a second. You just talked about Luke and Paul. Who's Paul? 
you didn't have that chance to say that. You know, you, you say, wait, uh, just hold on a second. Greek, okay, where, where did you learn to speak Greek? But you, you don't have the chance to ask those burning questions. Those are the things that, that, that rows don't really allow you to do. So, so number one, you don't always grow in the row. Number two, you don't know the row. You don't grow in the row and you don't know the row. You don't really know what's going on in the lives of the people down your row. Some of you, you're married to the person you're like, you don't even know. How many of you just like look down your row? A lot of you are married couples here tonight. So, but there's people in your row that you don't really know everything that's going on in their lives. And there's a part of us that wants to be known. There's a part of us that needs to be known. We want to be authentic. We want to be genuine. We just don't know how. We don't know who you can trust. We're not sure how, but more so, we're just not sure where. Because sometimes, and you know when this happens, somebody's authentic in the wrong place. You go to the grocery store, and you're like, hey, how you doing? Oh, my husband beats me. Like, no, seriously, like, it's terrible. And my kids, you know, they're on the weed, they're on the drugs. I don't even know what to do with them. And you know what? And then all of a sudden, they start sharing all their health issues with you. Where, and you're like, I, I didn't want to know, right? There's this desire to be authentic, but sometimes people just don't know where or how. And it can be awkward. And so we don't, we don't grow in the row. We don't really know the row. The third one is there can be a lot of show in the row. Some of you had a shower before you came here tonight because you wanted to look your best. You know, there's, there's, there's this thing called, um, it, it, we, we, we're doing it to be kind to one another, but we're not always our true selves here, not in the row. You know, some of you, you were fighting with your kids in the minivan. How could you guys be hiding in the shed? Now we're going to be late for church. Now get in. And then get in there and smile. You know who you are. You know, or your marriage is in shambles. But once you get in the row, you just know how to smile and be like, yeah, we got it all together. You know, financially, you're in a disaster. But you smile as you put your yellow envelope in. It's empty, but you're smiling. Make sure everybody... Why? Because there's some show that happens in the row. You're, you, some of you sit here tonight, you're, you're not really sure if you believe in God or anything about God, but you smile and nod just in case. Because there's this thing of show in the row, and it's, it's not where, where we grow. And the, the thing is, it's not that we're fake. It's just that rows were never designed for that. You know, there's some who are like, we got to just throw out the row altogether. You know, we're just like, well, I don't need church. I'm just going to freestyle church all on my own. I don't need to be around people. And if you're listening online because you're not here, uh, that, that's also not part of it. There are certain things that happen as a result of being together in a group like this. This message tonight, you probably may not have had the chance to hear it if you didn't get in a row sometimes. But the thing about the row that is so dangerous is that it, it causes people to become spectators. And, and you sit and you watch and it's like a concert for worship. It's like, wow, that guitar solo, that was awesome. And it's like, man, I love the fact that they keep the lights down low back here so I can just sleep and nod off in the ones that I don't really like so much, you know. Or I can sneak out the back for, for an extra coffee and see if there's anything left in the cafe while, while that third song's going because I don't know those words. And it's like this thought of our focus is not on Jesus, but it's just because we've, we've just become spectators. For some, it's like you sit in here, and this is the only time you ever open your Bible. It's just like, ah, oh, whatever, whatever I see on the screen. And it's not your fault. 
It's not your fault. Something happened that, we, that, that the church has become this thing of, of a spectator sport. Instead of live out your faith, it became listen to someone talk about living out your faith. Instead of you engage and get in the game, it was like, huh, we'll just we'll watch and listen to someone else doing it. And there's some things that are exciting and great to watch. They, they just are. You know, when the Leafs win the Stanley Cup this year, that is going to be exciting to watch. And it is going to happen. Mark my words. This is the year. Yeah, we bought John Tavares. We, it's going to be awesome. And I can just picture it when Johnny Tavares passes it to Mitch Marner and Marner's like skates in alone, scores the winning goal, and the Stanley Cup comes to Toronto. That is going to be, be amazing. I'm going to have an extra large Timmy's because I'm going to celebrate and you can you can join me. It's, it's, there's, it's nothing like it, you know, because most of us have never experienced it. We have no idea, but there's nothing better than that. Or is there? Or is there? See, sometimes we love to watch things that are exciting and amazing that happen, but there's something better. I remember a number of years ago, it's quite a few years ago, actually, I used to play for this hockey team um, that uh, was all my cousins, all the Vanderweers. And if you think I'm competitive, that's where I got it from, and I have about half of what their competitive nature is. They're worse than me. Uh, but we, we had this team. Our grandfather's name was Utsa. Uh, that's a good Dutch name, not a good Canadian name. But Utsa, uh, we, the, they named the team Utsa's Destroyers. We didn't destroy anything, but that was our name. We had the orange, we had the lion on our shirts, and we'd go out there, and, and uh, every year we'd play in these tournaments, and every year we'd lose every game. Uh, we had, like, we'd come in dressed, to, like, we have, one of them ran, like, this um, apparel shop, like, for sports equipment, so he would print jackets, and, like, we had jerseys, we had hats, we had, like, we'd come in looking like a pro team, and everybody, like, <gasps> look out for the destroyers, and then they'd see us on the ice and be like, you know, it, it was just brutal, right? But, but there was this one year where they called and they said, hey, you know, we're short a few Vanderweers, so can you, if you know anybody, bring them along. And so I was like, well, I know this guy named Brody DeVries. He'll be here tomorrow probably. Uh, and so he's a Sunday kid. So I said, well, hey, I'll bring Brody DeVries. And we get there, and it was that, I don't know how that year we made it to, like, the finals of the B division. So we weren't, like, the winning it all, but there was a prize for the B division. And so there we are. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday where at the end of the game, there's two minutes minutes left. It's 0-0, zero, zero, and there's a $10 Tim Hortons card on the line. And so here, here we are, and I remember being in the corner uh, with just a like, couple minutes left, and, and I, nobody's on me, which I can't believe, and I have the puck, and I see Brody skating down. It's like slow motion. I see him skating down from center towards the net. Their defense made a bad change, passed the puck out. He triple dekes the goalie and scores, and pandelirium breaks out in that place. We had fans in the stands. The, all my cousins are hugging and cheering. Our, our coach was our uncle. He dressed up like Don Cherry with the suit and the hat and the whole bit. He's whooping it up. They're slapping sticks. My cousins are hugging me. I was like, this is just glorious. Uh, and, and it was just that moment of super excitement when we stood in the line at the end and they came out and they'd have to shake hands and they had to congratulate us, the other team. And then at the end, they hand everybody a Tim card on our team. I was like... We won that for our team. You know, Brody and I, we, we won those, and it was the best free coffee I ever had in my whole life to this day. Why? What made that moment better than anything else? Being in the game. And if you played in the NHL, I know you probably think that's just a lame story. You know who you are. But being in, being in the game is, is like epic. It's just epic. Uh, and that's what Jesus had in mind when he started this thing called church, that it would be a team church, that, that it would be this thing where 
everybody's in the game, that everyone is living out their faith. And so Paul, Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesian church, and he reminded them what a healthy church looks like. And he said this. He says, hey, God put some leaders in the church, but he put them there. He put some leaders in the gathering to help equip the church, equip the gathering of people to do ministry. He says, that's why they're there. He says, we put them there to help you do ministry. And then he says this, Ephesians 4, verse 15. He says, it's not so they're going to do it. He says, instead, we'll speak the truth in love, and we're going to grow in every way more and more like Jesus Christ. Who is? We are. We're going to grow more and more like Christ, who is the head of this body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. As each part does its part, everybody grows and the whole body is healthy. The whole thing, the whole gathering is healthy and growing and full of love. You know, a healthy life-giving church is made up of healthy life-giving people. Are you healthy? Are you growing? It's a good thing just for us to say, ah, why are we doing this? Where do I fit in? You know, Jesus is He's building this church. He's gathering people that he's called to follow him. And Paul said there's three things, three things that, that, that they'd be connected, that they'd be connected. He says he makes the whole body fit together, that they're connected to him, that they're following him, following him first, following his command to love, but connected, connected to one another. You know, having close relationships with other people, people who can ask you how you're really doing and that you would be honest with them. People who can look into your life and say, you know, they can see your blind spots and tell you, you know, hey, uh, I see this happening in your life and I'm only telling you because I love you. Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have those people? You know, we, we appreciate them in other areas. When your dentist finds a cavity and it's teeny tiny, you're like, thank you. Thanks for finding it when it was small. You know, when your doctor says, hey, we found cancer, but it's stage one we got a great chance to, to, to beat this thing. Man, you're so thankful that I found it then. You know, if, it, it, would we have the same when somebody says about our marriages? Hey, you know what? The way you're treating your wife, it, uh, the way I see something that just doesn't look good going down the road. Mind your own business. Your marriage ain't perfect. Or are we like, thanks, because I didn't see that. But down the road, I, I'm going to be glad you told me. You know, parenting, if someone says, hey, you know, they notice when you're pushing your kids away and you didn't notice, man, you'll be thankful down the road when it's finances and somebody says, yeah, you probably shouldn't be spent. How much debt do you have? Well, hundreds. Okay, but you keep doing that, it's going to be thousands. And what about faith? Probably the most important. Do you have people who notice when you're drifting? They can just tell. They just know, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not where they were or where they're supposed to be. That doesn't happen in rows. You know why? Because if somebody here tonight noticed sin in your life and just came up to you out of the blue and says, I noticed some whatever. I saw you at some something. I noticed a sin in your life. You wouldn't feel like, oh, thank you. You'd feel judged because there's no relationship there. There's something powerful about being connected to smaller groups of people. Do you have those groups of people in your life? Are you part of, of a group where you're learning to grow? Second one is he says serving. They're connected, but they're also serving where each part does its own special part. Do you realize you're uniquely gifted? You're the only one of you that there is and that you were put into the church for a reason. You know, I thought about my son last week. We we're asking about volunteers. My son Lincoln loves to cook, loves to eat. He's like, Dad, can I serve in the cafe? He's like nine. 
nine. But he's like, wait a second. That's something I'm good at. We came tonight, but Gary had it done already. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Thanks for being awesome. Um, but he says, you know what? This thing, we start realizing that everybody, it doesn't matter age. You've been uniquely gifted. And the Greek says he puts them together. It's like he joins them and he compacts them together. Joined means they put them in close proximity. Compacted means it's like joined is like 30 youth in a room. Compacted is like sardines. It's 30 youth in a closet. You know, it's like that's this idea of he says he puts you so close together that every, every interaction of people between people is building the others. And it says as they serve one another, something bigger happens. It's like mixing two ingredients like gas and a lighter. Those two ingredients on their own are pretty cool, but you put them together, you got some explosive things happening. And he says, that's the same thing, and that only happens when we are a part of each other's lives. You know, the, the, the last thought is that they'd be growing. He says, they're connected and they're involved and they're growing. Do you realize that growing usually happens when you do the other two? When you find a group to be a part of, when you find a place to serve? Um, there's many of you who we, we, we announce this name quite frequently. Her name is Jackie Constable. Um, I've, asked, I've asked Jackie Constable to share with us. She's been doing precept studies for, I don't, she'll tell us how long. But just to share what it was like to start and become a part of the very first one. So if you give her a... Um, I don't know how long uh, exactly, but I became a Jesus follower. Should I stand? Is it echoey? Um, I started following Jesus in 2003, and that was when, you know, when I would read my Bible after that, I just loved the words that I was reading, especially in the New Testament letters, like what Mark's talking about tonight. You can read some of those instructions and lines and just, oh, you're so encouraged by them. And so I started going to church, and I signed up for any Bible study that they had going on, and I would go so excited with my Bible, and then we wouldn't open it. We would, they were other people that had already been going to church for years and years, and we would talk a lot about stuff about church, and they'd talk a lot, and I couldn't participate because I didn't know what they were talking about, and so that was okay, and it was still good for building relationship, but I always left feeling hungry. I always left feeling like, I, I believe you, God. I believe in Jesus. I know I'm a new person, I'm, and I believe these words that I'm reading, but I want to know you more, and I want to I be able to, when someone comes to me with a question or wants some encouragement, be able to say, oh, you should read Philippians chapter 4. And, you know, because Philippians chapter 4 tells you, you don't have to worry. You can just trust in him. And I wanted to be able to do that. I wanted to know God for myself. And so I was just sharing like this with a, with a mentor of mine. And she just said, you I, I think I have something you might like, you know. And so she invited me to Selkirk Christian Chapel. Her name was Edith McQueen. And she was doing what Mark talked about in Ephesians. She was just doing her part. And just, she was teaching people how to study the word of God for themselves. And everybody brought their Bible, and that was the text that we were following, the Bible. And just by asking questions and focusing on the word, they, she taught us this process of how we could do it for ourselves. And then you go home and you do that at home, just between you and God. And all of a sudden, his word is just coming alive for you, and you understand it. And then that would influence our relationship and the trust in the group, and we would, it was just awesome. So um, what was awesome 
is that God showed me very early on in my walk with him the difference that there was a that his that if I wanted to know truth I had to go to him because in those earlier groups in those earlier years we would look at different books and different authors and different people had all sorts of different opinions and I would we would leave some nights that there was all this talking going around lots of disagreements and lots of confusion and we never left knowing what God had to say about it. And what I loved about this new way of studying that I had learned was just that we were learning for ourselves what God said. And it changed my life. And I just knew from that moment that I was never going back to any other way. And that if I wanted to know something, I needed to ask God and I needed to be patient for him to show me. And I'm talking a lot more than I intended. So, okay. See, I, I couldn't have put that into those words. That's, that's just a taste of somebody's life being affected, changed, and, and just that passion for others to know that. Could I call on you tonight and just say, hey, I, I asked her right before the service. She had no time to prepare, and I knew it would be okay because her life has been changed. Could I call on you tonight? She's like, don't worry. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Some of you I will not call. Um, but are, are you growing? If you were to be called upon tonight, would you know and say, yeah, you know what? I've been studying the word. I know what to share. You hear Chris tonight, too, as he's leading worship. All of a sudden, just words of scripture coming out in between the songs. Why? Because he put it there. Intentionally putting the word into, into your life. You know, growing Growing, um, our, our hope is grow, that as we grow bigger, that we would grow smaller, that you'd be parts of small groups that are kind of holding people accountable to living out their faith. And so I want to leave you with this last thought. A healthy, life-giving church is made up of healthy, life-giving people. And these are what those people look like. People who found their people. People who found a place to connect. People who found their place. People who found a spot to serve. To say, I'm going to join a team. I, I'm uniquely gifted. I, I, maybe I can't preach, but I just love babies. So I want to hold babies while, while someone else is preaching. Or I want to serve in the cafe. I'm, just, I'm not really good at a lot, but I'm good at smiling. I like to stand at the front door just because I can smile. I'm not even going to say hi, but they'll just come in and be like, huh. What it might be, what it might be, and people who have found their purpose. You know, doing those two things, or are you, that, that's my question tonight. I know it's a little choppy, it's a little disjointed, but here's the question for you tonight. Are you connected? Are you part of a circle? You're like, well, I don't know, it's, there's tons of groups, and if we don't have one, we'll start one. But starting point, you know, I was telling my family, like, oh, I'm too busy for a group, and I'm like listening to my words and realizing, you can't be too busy for a group. We're, we're always too busy but it's that thought of this is something that we need. Starting points one, um, there's precept Bible studies. You can talk to Jackie. We don't have, I don't think we have a brand new one starting right now. That's not why we did this. There's no advertising. So, hey, this is one. But we can always find something to be, to be a part of. The amazing grace. You're like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, but, but maybe I fit there. You know, or, or the men's group that's starting up in October. Uh, finding a place of saying, you know what? I'm willing to try until I find that place where, where I'm connected to a group of people. A serving. Are you serving as a part of a team, especially for Saturday nights? Are you connected and serving um, to help make this thing happen? Do you realize that we need you? We need you. You play acoustic guitar? We need you. You're a drummer? 
We need you. Sometimes you look and go, oh, they got it all covered. We need you. You bring something unique to the table that others may not. You know, it, it, all kinds of different places. We really, we really need you. You know, maybe for you, it's helping ki- lead kids to Christ downstairs. We're not babysitting down there. That's not our mission. You, you might be able to help people, our young people, have a faith of their very own. Man, that's our heart, that every young person in this place would have a faith of their own. It's not just mom and dad. It's my relationship with Jesus. You know, maybe you're serving in the cafe, not because you're giving away free brownies. It's like I'm serving people who are on their way through those doors, and they might be on their way to Christ. Do you realize that last Sunday we had a person give their heart to the Lord here after the service? Yeah, it was pretty stinking exciting. I was like, that's awesome. Now what's next? Uh, It's like starting point. And somebody walked up to them and said, you just became a Christian? Awesome. Do you want to get baptized? I'm like, what's baptized? You know, but in a couple weeks, you're going to find out there's people getting baptized here in a couple weeks. Why? Because it's what we're here to do. It's what we're here to do. I don't know how to share that any other way. Maybe for you, like I said, you you love babies. Would you just join us and say, you know what, I'm going to pray over babies so that their moms can sit up here and and hear the good news about Jesus. Maybe you're just going to be an inviter where you're just saying, hey, I'm just going to bring people because I want them to know we don't have to call. We don't have to get them to answer the call. We just have to let them know that God's calling them. Jesus is calling them to come follow. And I can tell you something. The best way to grow is to do those two things to be connected to a group of people that does the same thing, studying the word, being in fellowship with one another, praying with one another. You know, for some of you, like leading a Bible study, it's Lorraine shared that. It's the scariest thing, but all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know, go share, go, go lead a Bible study. You'll learn how to pray real fast, and you'll learn how to study the word real fast when you, when you have to lead one. I've just seen, I've seen it in my wife, just the incredible growth, and I probably can talk about this all night, so I'm not gonna, but, but, Would you help us do this? Would you help us build a healthy, life-giving church that unchurched people want to become a part of? We need you. We really need you in the sense of saying, let's not be just in rows. It's great to do the rows. Don't not show up next Saturday. This is great. But would you take it one step further and say, let me join a circle? And maybe it's the scariest thing. Maybe like, ah, that's for other people. It's not. It is for you, and we need you. We need you. Because the gospel, the kingdom of God, it needs to grow, and it grows through you. I don't know if you believe that, but it's so true. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for your words, and I thank you for your church, your called-out group. I thank you for this group of people tonight. Lord, you've called them here for a reason, and I just pray uh, over every one of us, Lord, that... uh, that as we continue to follow you, that you direct our steps, but that we that we just have such a desire to see people come to know you, that we'd have a desire for for uh, the gifts and talents that you've put in our lives to be used for you, that uh, that our whole focus would be on seeing uh, people's eternal destinies changed. God, thank you, thank you for inventing this thing called the church. We just want to do it right. We want to do what you're, what you're doing. We want to see it built the way you're building it. Lord, help us. Help us in our, in our lives. I thank you for Jackie and just that desire to, to know truth. God, would you reveal truth to us? As we search your word, would you help us and lead us into your truth? Thank you for your spirit in us. Thank you that we, when we go from here, we take you with us. Thank you that we're the church everywhere we go. God, we're just excited to do that and uh, to shine for you this week. It's in your name I pray. Amen.